You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. everybody welcome to 3dm's podcast i'm jake joined by paul as usual and clint and helen could not be with us this week so filling in for them friend of the show nacho everybody how are we all doing i'm doing great pretty I good mean, i'm here so i'm with you guys so i'm yeah. happy big props to nacho for taking his really big and dirty truck and driving us all the way out to podcast detroit speaking of which uh this show is brought to you by watchtower comics and games watchtower comics and games in southeast michigan and Milan. Uh, Milan, Michigan, and Dexter, Michigan. Stop in, buy some cards, buy some games. Uh, they pay the bills so we can do this show, and it's really, really, really nice of them to do them. So if you're ever in the southeast Michigan area, try to stop by Watchtower Comics and Games in Dexter and Milan. Ever want to start your own podcast? Ever want to start your own live internet show? Uh, please check out Podcast Detroit. Again, if you're in the southeastern Michigan area, they've got all the tools and equipment to make it really easy to start your own radio show. So if you're ever looking to start your own podcast, radio show, Check out Podcast Detroit. Really reasonable rates. Great, great studios. Yeah, great studios. Comfortable place to do it. So, guys, enough talking about our sponsors. Let's talk about the last three classes that we have been discussing up to this point. So we've covered everybody else. And as you get down to the bottom of the list, all of the magic seems to fall right to the bottom. Oh, we're yes. talking sorcerers. We're talking warlocks. We're talking wizards today. It's the heavy stuff, if it's, you will. Yeah, it's, it's the big ones. So – Paul, I believe you were our lead on sorcery. I am. I've played plenty, plenty of sorcerers in my time. Uh, yeah, I have. Sorcerers are actually a fairly new addition to Dungeons & Dragons. It seems like they're older, but they originated in 3rd edition to demonstrate the new way spellcasting works. And in fact, the way spellcasting works in 5th edition is how sorcerer spellcasting used to work. So they lost a bit when the transition came along because now everybody is casting spells like a sorcerer and they, they didn't lose their you only know this many spells thing. So in exchange, Wizards of the Coast has graciously given our wild magic and draconic magic aficionados out there the ability to use sorcery sorcery points. Ooh, there we go. How's a word? They're useful. Um, there's basically no way for me to say that sorcery points are bad. There's a fairly limited amount of them because you only get one per level, and it does cost a fairly significant amount of them to restore a spell slot. But besides that, Sorcerers are the only class at the moment that has meta magic worth noting. Yeah. So sorcerer, I really like what they did. In the change from third and three five to fifth edition, and I guess Pathfinder to an extent, um, Sorcerer always just used to kind of be in the you know he was the flashier, more pizzazzy younger brother of the of the wizard, you know, like look at me, I can do cartwheels. Look at me, I'm a you know I can do all this really neat stuff, guys. You know, and he was flashy and he was snazzy, but he was just nowhere near as good as Wizard was. Oh no. Uh- the problem is that the wizard in third edition was basically Batman. 
and the sorcerer was kind of pre-Nightwing Robin. Yeah, but what we do have now, though, is the Master Blaster. Oh, yes. Sorcerer in 5th edition is incredibly powerful. Oh, yeah. It has probably, in terms of just if we're looking at raw magic damage output, probably the highest in the game, thanks to – in most part to its metamagic abilities. Yes. The ability to cast two spells in one round is uh, – ooh, that's – there's yeah, game no. breaking and then there's that. Do not mess with the action economy. I mean, I know they had to keep it because people would throw a fit otherwise, but oh my god, what were they thinking? No, so it's but that's where it again it's like really terrifying and it's very straightforward um in how it works, but you know, we can skip most of the meta magic stuff because there's, you know, helping things on making people bad at saves against you and other things of that nature. Oh, I can shoot my fireball twice as long because have you ever been in that, you know, that scenario where, oh, no, the enemy is 600 feet away. but My spell only reaches 300 feet. I know. I've got just the tool. You yes. could also just maximize your fireball. Yeah, you could. Deal all the damage. Or, you know, well, just get rid of all them pesky ones yeah, that pop up. Yeah, throw all them ones in the trash can. But let's, let's talk about quickening spell really quick because <sighs> – <laughs> Quick and spell and twin casting are the uh, sorry twin spell the two meta magic that you should really keep your eye on. Those are well, yeah, because you only get to take two um, when you get access to meta magic. And those are the two I would. And recommend. those are the two that you need to take. Everything else is just kind of there fluff. But um, quick and spell allows you to. Um, I've seen it used in a bunch of hilarious different ways. I've seen it used in a very practical method to put haste on both the barbarian and the fighter, which is. It's scary. scary. Yeah, if you just want to, you just want to see the big angry dudes get even bigger and angrier and quicker. Oh, yeah, twin spell is fantastic. It there's really, uh, I could go on all day about the number of spells that I could use it for, but that'd basically just be me listing every single spell that has a single target. Yeah, um, you know, using quicken spell to, uh, I've seen it used like to make sunbeam hit twice in a turn, which is yeah, suck at vampires. Fun, yeah. <laughs> Or if you just want to, you know, you want to do your best Goku impersonation. Ah, you know? oh, uh, beams. Ch- channel that spirit bomb. Yeah, channel that spirit bomb, baby. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I believe mm-hmm. we call that, that a maximized bomb. fireball anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and you just color it blue. Yes. It's because the blue flame is hotter. Uh, but let's talk about some other stuff with Sorcerer. That's a lot of fun. Um, so now that we're kind of out of the Vancey and Magic age and everybody's got their own memorization stuff, there is a couple of downsides to Sorcerer still. They still do have um, – a highly restricted spell list. And yeah, it's as not compared very to hit dice. Yeah, compared to most true casters, they still have like the smallest pool, and they don't even have more spells than other casters. I think anymore, I think only so. Warlock has fewer spells than them of the people who are spell casters. Spell casters full time. Um, and apart from that, they really they suffered a little bit. I thought in the original just handbook in terms of what variety you could have as far as backgrounds because either you got to have dragon blood or you got to have wild magic blood. And that was pretty much it, wasn't it? Is there any other? Those, those, those are the only two. Right? Yeah, those are yeah, the yeah. only two. But Xanathar's uh, gave us three more and, and if you had been paying attention to the Unearthed Arcanos, you know, so now we've got the celestial background. You get your magic. favorite soul, which is, by the way, incredibly overpowered. But <laughs> – in retrospect, I don't know what I was thinking when I gave it a pass. Like, oh my god! No, yeah, it's one of those things. Just as more and more people play with it, and you see more Reddit posts and things like that, you're just, oh, oh, so, oh, yeah. I like to call it the uh, DM Ender. Yes, 
there's also the uh, – There's the Stormborn, I think it is. Yep, the- Stormborn. That was in Sword Coast Guide to Adventurers. Uh, that one's, again, pretty cool stuff. Anything to deal it, yeah, with storms fine. and oceans kind of makes me happy though. So I'm, I'm pretty easy to please. You know, I just – oh, oh, look at that. Uh I believe Phoenix was the uh, last one. No, uh, it is Shadow Magic, ah, which yes. I actually want to talk about because in Xanathar's there is the funniest, you know, so they've got all those cool little D6s you can roll for character fluff. Um, that one has the funniest results on it for the uh, Shadow Sorcerer because you can roll like some weird thing your body does now that you're a Shadow Sorcerer. Yeah. And one of them is like, I blinked once last week or uh, – the one where your heart beats at an incredibly slow rate and it just scares you sometimes because you, you haven't felt your heart beat in like half a day and you're just, oh, God, what was that? <laughs> uh, seems like a useful party trick. It's just they're all they're all like a little comical and kind of lighten up how fluff heavy the uh, Shadow Sorcerer is. Yeah. And speaking of fluff, we should also talk about the Wild Magic Surge for the Wild Magic Sorcerer, which can – it's not as ruinous as it was in old editions, guys. You can – you can deal with it. It's not that bad unless you get the level one fireball in your party TPK. But but I, I I love it. Adds that element of chaos into the combat. It does, but it also requires that your game master or your dungeon master, whatever you want to call them, actually has you roll a decent amount. Yeah, no, it's um, it's what tides of chaos is the ability that can make you roll it. And if your GM says you don't want, yeah, to I'd roll have to it, double like, check that. Um, I'll just it's that wild magic surge, and you roll a d twenty, and if you Roll a one, you roll on the wild surge table, uh, which most of this stuff is just cheeky and fun except for the fireball into the party. Uh, let's pick a couple out here at random. Your size increases by one size category for the next minute. Uh, like there's some anti-gravity stuff. You cast magic missile at a fifth level, which is actually kind of terrifying. Uh, you, uh, you cast grease centered on yourself. <laughs> you know, for the Looney Tunes shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah, you, cr- you cast Fog Cloud, which I could just totally see as a fart ripping. Uh, the flumps <laughs> appearing around you, terrified of your existence. Oh, flumps. You yeah, you so cast stupid. Polymorph on yourself. You turn into a sheep for the spell's duration. <laughs> Things like that. Things like that are schlocky and fun. Um, if you are looking for a way to make your Wild Magic Surge table a bit more lethal. I'm not sure why you'd do, you, why you'd do that. Because, basically because some people are monsters, it. Paul. <laughs> And sometimes – and everybody needs a little help sometimes and sometimes I want to help the DMs who want to be monstrous to their players. I suppose I can't blame them. Sometimes yeah. we just want to watch the world burn. Exactly. Oh, and if you do want to watch the world burn, uh, I highly recommend looking up the – what is it? The warp tables in Warhammer 40K? Yes, the psychic phenomena and perils of the warp tables and dark heresy, uh, black crusade, uh, only war, things like that. I believe many people have them online. They're basically standard – uncomfortable stuff for the psychic phenomena but if you roll over 75 you go to the very dangerous perils table so yeah so that way you can a pop in you can pop a combat encounter out you know in case you didn't have one really ready or um if you're still looking to do a bit more spooky stuff say you're running like strahd right now say you're running a curse of strahd campaign running off that table from Warhammer 40K, any of the really any of the main books has it doesn't it yes i'm almost certain all of them do but i could be wrong um, <laughs> Nacho. By the way, I believe one of your uh, no. your new yep. party members, one, one, one of my players. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, oh. it's it's great though because I remember some of them. Like one of them is just if you roll one hundred twice, you just die. Yeah, you just get sucked into uh, and there's a, the Nether and just there's a screaming sound and you just cease to exist. Yeah, and there's a Don't, burp the, as the void consumes you, and then there's uh, 
Yeah, don't load your. On dice. some of the lighter fare, you know, it's like it starts raining blood around you for a minute. Oops! Uh, gravity inverts. Everything gets knocked down. Yeah, you know, there's uh You have this feeling in your gut that somewhere, somebody in the universe just had a very bad thing happen to them. Something very bad just happened. Somewhere like it's all else. this very ominous stuff. So if you want to make wild magic tables a bit more uh, dark than spooky, hilarious, spooky, yes. then. Check out those tables. Uh, final thoughts on Sorcerer, guys, as oh, it pertains I, to 5th edition. Sorcerer is an excellent class. Uh, it's not as powerful as it was, thankfully. Uh, that being said, that still means it's very powerful. Uh, I like Sorcerer because it's a very different archetype of spellcaster, and I don't usually like spellcasters. So that's a pretty high praise from me. Nigel? Yeah, I, I like him. It's a fairly straightforward spellcaster to get into. No, extremely so, straightforward. Yeah, so if you're looking to get into spellcasting, it's a lot more user-friendly. You just have to learn how to manage your uh, sorcery points. Yeah. If you don't have a huge problem with having a restricted spell list, sorcerer is going to be a lot of fun for you, probably more so than wizard is. Yeah. I actually would like to, too, just um, before we do finish up on that, I do love the design of sorcerer in this edition. It feels different than the other casters. That's something I think they really nailed down in this edition is how every caster feels different from each other. Um, and I think if you're looking to – if you're a player and you're looking to step in and you want to become the master blaster, blow everything up kind of you know, caster, you, you basically just want to rain fire from the sky and you want to look good while doing it, play sorcerer. Damn, I look good. Damn, I look good. <laughs> so let's move on to the even more newbie-friendly spellcaster then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's talk about Warlocks. And if you're not a fan of Warlock, um, you can just turn the show off really quick and tune back in in about 10 minutes. Maybe We 12, like Warlock. Because so. we – in this house, we love Warlock. Um, we love Warlock a lot. And let's launch into it. So Warlock was first introduced in 3.5 as part of – what supplement was it, Paul? I believe it was Complete Arcane. Okay. Uh Somebody's probably going to correct me as Complete Arcana, but yeah, it's the Complete Arcane book. Yeah, there's too uh, many books. They were interesting because at the time they were the only spellcasting class that did not have to rely on long rests in order what, – what we would call long rest in this edition in order to get their spells back. They could just throw as many of their invocations as they wanted all the time. OK. And then in fourth edition, the uh, either beloved or in rage-inspiring edition, depends on who you talk to. It's – Got very few people who are lukewarm on it. I'll give it that. Yeah. Fourth edition, Warlock makes a appearance as part of the core. Pushing out the sorcerer. Suck it, sorcerers. Yeah. Well, sorcerer finally came back. And the player's handbook too, yeah. Yeah. And after that, uh, we come to fifth edition and Warlock is, again, part of that old uh, – part of that fourth edition crew. I think the only fourth edition member who didn't make it from the main books was your beloved uh, – Rest in peace, Warlock. No, Warlord. <laughs> Warlord, yeah. Yes. Rest in peace, Warlord. Warlock, Warlock you made it. Warlord, try hard. Give us, give us Warlord back, Wizards. <laughs> give us Warlord. <laughs> give it back. Um, so with that, though, 5th edition, you got Warlock. And so we look at all the true casters in the game, all your traditional – we use magic. Magic is our bread and butter. That includes Cleric. That includes Druid. That includes Sorcerer. And that includes Wizard. Yes. Warlock is the weirdest of them. Oh, yes. He's like the weirdest spellcaster. But that's what makes it so much fun. So let's just launch into mechanics about it really quick. They've got decent HP. 
They've got fun, simple proficiencies. They got really easy skills, but this is where we dive into the deep end. So um, I'm going to skip a couple of things and we're going to get right to their invocations because invocations are what sets Warlock apart from everybody else, not in like a game-breaking way, but in a utility kind of way. This is what they mechanically do different. This is this casters. is what they do different than everybody else and this is where they can be really cool. Um, with their – Pretty. There's a pretty big list of invocations, and if you got Xanathar's out now, um, there's even more. There's even there. more you can play with. And the long story short is, it just gives them kind of super powered abilities that they can just use whenever they want. Um, a good example of this is Eyes of the Runekeeper. You can read all writing. Yeah, in case anything you want. Anything that's to been written. Get around the GM having mysterious ancient writing on the wall and forcing them to come up with what it actually says. Yeah, uh, off the top of their head. Or if you, you know, a fifth level one, but you can, uh, where was it? I just had it. Thirsting Blade. If you've got Pact of the Blade, you can attack with your Pact weapon twice. You can make him into a bit more of a melee fighter. And this is where this class gets very cool because it's super customizable in terms of um, it's got how, how you want to shape it. Most, most classes are pretty, you know, they kind of had an one very straightforward direction. Warlock can be damn near anything it pleases. It can be your devil or your angel. It can be, well, it can, uh, the best way I've seen it described is, um, especially now with Hexblade out, you can play him as a interesting magic-based fighter um, with Pact of the Chain and things like that. You can do intrigue and you can definitely focus on aspects that are outside of combat very well with Warlock. Warlock can do a bunch of really cool things to get around um, their limited – I won't say limited. I'll say they're not as powerful combat because when it comes to combat, Warlocks are still nothing to sneeze at, but they are not one of the end-all be-alls of so wailing on people. They are pretty good at it, but – no, no, yeah, listening. with the uh, Hexblade, aren't you able to use your uh, Charisma modifier in place of your Strength or Dexterity yeah, you in your weapon? Yeah. So that there, it's going to make them a whole lot more powerful when they're actually in the fray. Yeah, if they're using melee stuff. That being said, I'd like to remind you that a Warlock only has a D8 hit die, so don't get too stuck uh, in. Don't, don't, yeah, don't get too excited. Um, and no armor proficiency other than light. No well, they, they gain medium with Hexblade. Did yeah. they? Oh, okay. Yeah, no guts, no glory. Yeah, pretty much. Uh I should there's also... so many there's so many cool things you can cast uh, like one of them is silent image whenever you want uh, you can you know which some outside of the box thinking will allow you to use that very effectively also don't they get all their spells back on a short rest instead of a long rest uh, I, I believe so yeah it's something like that um, and then there's also beast speech and just there's so many options of ways you can make your warlock do something really cool on the fly I think they're really good for if you've got a very heavily story-based campaign, they make great player characters. They make great villains too. And a big part of that is where they get their power from. Warlocks are really cool for every DM to have in their campaign because they give you – you have to come up with somebody who's their patron, right? So oh, yes. when you're making a character – yeah, when you're making that character with a warlock player, you know, you're sitting down here having that cross-the-table discussion – they somebody has to give a warlock their powers. They have a patron. There's usually a pact. There's a bond. There is a discussion between both sides of this deal. Oh yes. That being said, the uh, the otherworldly otherworldly being definitely has their hand on your leash. Yeah, I mean, without 
you know, so except for Celestial that's out before, there was only really one decent option before, which was Faye. Everything else was either you're dealing with some Lovecraftian monster or you're dealing with a devil. Yeah, like literally demon. paying Satan to give you magical powers. Yeah. But it was great, though, because you could introduce at any time these plot fiats, um, you know, into the party. You know, you got to – the warlock still has to deal with his patron. Like he's still his boss. You know, he's just that boss, though, who will text you at 2 a.m. when you're not you really don't want it. Like, you know, you're just like, all right, party. Well, we're going to go. Let's go into this dungeon. And then you just feel your pocket vibrate you up. (laughs) Uh, Guys, I got to take this. I got to I got to take this. Um, That's the greatest way to describe it. Oh, yes. And uh, patrons, if you really don't like your players, you can make patrons demanding and needy. You can make them demanding and needy and you can make them smaller villains like an Aboleth, for example. Uh. A monster from the monster manual that doesn't get as much love as it should. Basically, they're mini old gods that are CR-10. Abolists make great warlock patrons. Oh, yeah. And they also make great, you know, just – and this is just one path we can go with this. But they make a great stepping stone towards a bigger villain. Yeah, and of course the problem is that if you defeat your patron, then you don't have your powers anymore, which kind of sucks. Or you can just find somebody more powerful who you're willing to make a handshake with. I thought you were able to uh, keep your powers. You just couldn't advance further with them. I think it comes. I, I think it depends on. It, it could just be interpretation. I think it. Yeah, I think that's just more of a DM interpretation thing. But correct us in the comments if we're wrong. Please do tell us we're wrong. We love it. We thrive on that. Oh yes. Unfortunately, the game I just started with all new players. One of them is playing a warlock. So now he's probably gonna ask me about all the stuff I've been plotting behind the scenes. <laughs> so don't uh, tell him anything. Let's talk about a, a couple of cool other things you get. So. You also get a pack boon. Yes. You get packed to the chain, which is you want to do scouting. You want to have a, a super familiar, like way better than any wizard could ever hope to have. Take pack to the chain. You got just an adorable little buddy who flies around and helps you out all the time. You can use it in very practical ways. A lot of them have invisibility and you can speak directly to them. So you can have them go scouting for you. You can have them go listen in on meetings. It's... Yeah, and then uh, one of the invocations, I don't remember what it was called, but it allows you to communicate telepathically with your familiar as long as it's on the same plane of existence instead of the normal 100 feet. It's pretty useful. Yeah. Uh-huh. You can also – there's also Pact of the Blade, which is – now that Hexblade's out, it's really good. But before it was kind of meh because It's a something you take if you were like doing a dip in Warlock from another class. Yeah, a Warlock, his place is not in the front line typically. But it yeah, does allow it does. you to do some really cool stuff with your weapon, putting it in an extra dimensional place, things like that. And then there's Pact of the Tome, which gives you this thing called a Book of Shadows, which is spookily dookily. You learn a bunch of cantrips, also spookily dookily. And you get the ability to learn every single spell in the game that can be cast as a ritual. It depends on your DM, and you got to work with your DM a little bit. But as long as they give that to you, it's a very powerful thing. Oh, yes. Because suddenly you can cast a lot of spells as a ritual. And for players who don't understand what ritual casting is, it basically you're casting a spell without using up one of your precious slots, and you're just doing it at a much – Very l- slow pace. Yeah, a very leisurely pace. You know, Instead of casting teleport and just being like, and we out. You could do teleport as a ritual, I believe, but it just takes like 20 minutes because you're – slowly setting everything up rather than just throwing down smoke bombs and yelling scatter yeah to another plane to another plane i know how i'm reskinning my teleports now exactly (laughs) uh uh, i should also really note and this is something 
Two things that I feel like are typos, but I appreciate the first one, not so much the second one, is Eldritch Blast is a cantrip. So you can cast it whenever you want. It's basically just a free D10 damage and almost anybody could use it. But it scales with character level, not with class level. So a level 18 fighter and level 1 warlock casts Eldritch Blast. Yo, can Blast we talk about Eldritch Blast really quick? Nineteenth level spell when the fighter is casting it. Can we talk about my bread and butter? We can. Well, it's warlock. Can we talk about the third, my third favorite thing oh, in yes. the world? Like I wake up in the morning, I think of how wonderful my girlfriend is. I think of how much I love my dog, and then I think about Eldritch Blast, and I'm like, you know what? This world's worth fighting for. Yes, we're, we're at least top five, right? Eh, top top 20. ten, maybe top twenty. Um, <laughs> no, so I don't love Eldritch Blast that much, but it's, it is. It's my personal favorite cantrip again because you can use those invocations to customize it, which is something that I feel like for me has always kind of shied me away from spellcasters. It's, like, it's a holdover from third edition where they just had it as a class ability and they could just do it at will. Uh, it's a cantrip now, which means you can not take it, but I don't know why you would. Now, some people don't like the idea that you spam it, but there's there's a back and forth on that debate. My, you know, My side of it is if I'm a fighter, I'm just going to be hitting you with my axe that I have named Susan. Over and over again. So why can't I hit you with a, you know, my Eldritch Blast and I'll say that mine is hot pink because I think it looks good with my drow character. Oh, yes. And it's a very – but back to back to the thing before with – especially with a lot of these invocations, they really focus on customizing your Eldritch Blast so you can have an Eldritch Blast that pushes people away, that pushes them – pulls them towards you, that can go 300 feet. If you take Spell Sniper as a feat and combine it with that, that goes 600 feet. That's basically to the moon in D&D. Oh, yeah. Um, what was the last time you fought in a room bigger than 100 feet? You know, you so. got an Eldritch Blast. You know, it's an Eldritch Blast Emporium. They're they're customizable as all hell. You know, come on down to the Eldritch Blast Emporium. You know, you got we got an Eldritch Blast of every type. What you need? You want to make someone hot? You you want to you want to make them cold? You, you want to bring them closer to you? You want to send them farther away? What do you want to do? Uh, you want to send them to the moon? Uh, we can do whatever you want. Come on down to the Eldritch Blast Emporium. They, we need a new jingle for that. <laughs> I think we do. I'll write one when I got time. You can do so much with it, though, and I I truly adore it. But we got to move on because we got to talk about wizard. We do. I have many things to say, and most yeah, we're gonna have a pretty serious talk about wizard. But let's finish up on warlock. Eldritch blast is excellent. Um, One thing to note is that for some reason, warlock levels do not count for multi-class spell casting. Every other class that casts spells does, but warlock is just not listed. It's got to be a typo. Yeah, well, I'll double check that. There's that sage advice column with Mike Merles and Jeremy Crawford. They usually answer stuff like that. I feel like there's probably an answer out there. We just didn't look for it. Yeah. It might just be because their spell slots are different from how normally it's set up. It's true. But, I mean, come on. Arcane Trickster grants multi-class spell levels. Why doesn't a full caster do so? Uh, we'll, we'll probably be able to figure it out. Yeah. Nacho? Uh, yeah, that's about it for me, Eldritch Blast. It's <laughs> the greatest thing ever. <laughs> They've got fantastic spells. They're easy to play and they feel like uh, this is somewhat uh, what's the word? Uh, dis- not dis- disingenuous, but uh, subversive of me to say, but I feel like Warlock is the class that the designers wanted all the classes to be like, but we're kind of shackled to it does. the old archetype. Yeah, it does just work. have so many options. Like, you can start with a Warlock and like, no two Warlocks are really the exact same. There's so many versatility options that they just come out looking different every time. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's what it boils down to for me, and I think that's why I truly love them, because they can make memorable NPCs. 
as a DM, like they're a great tool to have, even if you have a player in them or if you're putting an NPC out there that they have to encounter, interact with. Um, they're so versatile that you can have a helpful warlock. You can have a warlock. Warlocks make great villains. Oh, yes. They make excellent villains because they're charismatic and narcissistic warlock who is working for somebody that's working for somebody. You're basically dealing with the assistant to the regional manager. Okay, a very dangerous assistant to the regional manager. Yes, can explode but, your head with their brains. So. But the assistant to the regional manager, nonetheless, you know, you get past the warlock, and then you got to take out his patron. And, that's and who does his patron fight. work for? You know, like you're you're just dealing with. They make a great like low level villain that you can build up to. Yeah, plot um, twist: that patron has another patron. Oh yes. Oh jeez. It's, it's just warlocks all the way up. <laughs> <laughs> you figured out my campaign, um, and. It's an excellent class for a beginner. It, yeah, it is a very explainable class to beginner. Even though there's so many options, it's all very straightforward once you pick your thing. It, it becomes yeah. very apparent what you're good at and you're never overloaded with too much information. Yeah, your choices are mostly on the meta and character building level and your choices when it comes straight down to combat is do I Eldritch Blast or do I cast one of my other spells? Which is, you know, it's much easier to do than a warlock, uh, a war, uh, wizard juggling 600 spells and deciding which one to cast. There's like five you're juggling as a warlock. All right, guys. We're going to talk about wizards, but first we're going to take a quick break. And before we take our break, though, we just want to thank our sponsors, Watchtower Comics and Games in Dexter, Michigan, and Milan, Michigan, the southeastern Michigan area. If you're ever in those areas, please stop in, buy some cards, buy some dice, buy anything that's in there just to you know give them a buck or two. They're great people. They really help us out. Um, they sponsor. They've been able to sponsor us and let us do this every week. So we can't thank thankful. them enough. Yep. And uh, Podcast Detroit, if you've ever wanted to start your own internet radio show, please check out Podcast Detroit. Again, if you're in the southeastern Michigan area, great studios, great rates, um, and great people to work with. They will help you make your show a vision, and you can get it out there and on the internet. Guys, we're going to be back in five minutes. Please bear with us. We'll be right back. All right, guys. We are back. All right. Oh, welcome back. Yep. So, sorry for the delay. Yep. Sorry for the quick break. Uh, a couple of us had to hit the restroom in uh, rapid order. The the behind the scenes signals of potty, potty, potty <laughs> took over. So, <laughs> yeah. all right, guys. That's why caffeine's not good for you. We saved the best for last because the alphabet is very effective like that it sometimes. Is. Nacho, ye old wizard. The Lead us OG spellcaster. The OGest spellcaster is one of the first two classes in the game. The fighting man and the magic user. Could I also perhaps refer to him in Wu Tang Clan terms uh, as the ODB of the OG? Yeah, this is true. Nacho, I take it away. He's also the uh, only intelligence-based uh, class. Correct um, me if I'm wrong. No, I think you're right. I mean, rogues use a lot of intelligence, but the only one whose main feature lies in intelligence. So finally, you have a spellcaster that's not dumping their intelligence stat. Finally, like, have a character that's not dumping their intelligence stat, you mean? Yeah. Like, because you got all these clerics and paladins running around not knowing anything about their gods, but you bring a wizard into it, they, they, can, they can tell the cleric about their job. Easily, too. I mean, because for some reason, religion is intelligence-based rather than wisdom-based. Yeah, I think that was a weird change. But with the wizard, so it started off with, I believe, a D4 for their hit die. Oh, yes. And now, thankfully, they got a buff. Now they're at a D6, so they get slightly more. About one more hit point level. And I'd like to point out that in first edition, uh, you didn't actually max out your hit die. You rolled your first hit die, so yeah. you could end up with one hit point. 
Unless you, unless you dumped con. <laughs> Never dump con. Do not dump con. Never dump con. It's, I'm waiting for the day where we get a constitution-based class and then everyone is going to be very, very salty that they only need one stat. It'll be your warlord. <laughs> when warlord makes his triumphant return. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, wizard, he has the largest uh, spell list out of any class because unlike the sorcerer who's born with his spellcasting ability – the warlock who makes a deal with his patron to get his spellcasting ability. The wizard, he has to work really hard at it. He's sitting there. He's studying scrolls, tomes, and everything to learn his magic. He's a nerd. He is a nerd. The Just biggest like nerd. He has a, a spell book, which I don't remember exactly how many you start off with. It well, depends. Um, we got handbooks on hand for this. Yes. Yeah, I suppose I could look it up. It would be very yeah, simple, since wouldn't it? you all have the handbooks and I do not. <laughs> You don't get one, Nacho. Yeah, You're a one. part-timer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, regardless, believe... you start with your uh, spell book, which has however many spells in it. Yeah, level one you get – so six. you get three cantrips. You get two first-level spells. No, that's how many spells you get. You get six to start. Yes. OK, six to start. Then at every level you get to add two spells and then uh, also throughout it if you find scrolls and such – you're able to spend, I believe it was eight hours, and huh. or do well, you have it? Uh, actually, I'd, it was eight I'd hours and however much gold. Uh, two hours and fifty gold. Oh, two hours and fifty gold for each mistake. level of the spell. Yeah, so you're able to continuously but uh, beef up your spell book, and then you choose which spells out of that you want to prepare. You're able to ritual cast any ritual spell you know, whether or not it's prepared. Which that's also really handy if you're sitting there finding all the scrolls, getting all the spells. So let's talk a little bit about the history of wizard. It is one of the oldest classes in the game. It I stands up to call it the oldest. Yeah. Well, it's it and the fighting man. It and the fighting man, and then thief is kind of well hanging it in was, there too. Um, the, the very very first had fighting man, cleric, and uh, magic user, and the thief came in the Greyhawk supplement. Yeah. So part of that part of that old square that old uh the classic four piece party which is still effective to they've day. existed for a long time gary gygax famously didn't like wizards that much unfortunately he uh he lobbied for magic missile to not exist while yeah. monty cook fought for its existence tooth and nail oh i was gonna wait to uh bring up magic missile was it monty cook or who, who was it? i don't think it was monty cook. i think it was arneson but oh yeah no it was arneson Monty no, Cook. No, it wasn't Arneson either. It was. We, we should probably do some research. That might be yeah, something worth reading about. <laughs> that being said, Monty Cook. Uh, I know I read it somewhere though that Gygax did not like. Um, I'm not surprised. He very much liked the heroic, like pecks out fighters, basically. Yeah. And knights. Uh, Monty Cook. By the way, I'm going to be talking about later because uh, I have some choice words for him. But <laughs> not that he cares what I say. So let's talk about wizards in five e. Eight subclasses. Yes, I'm kind of surprised they got another one in Xanathar's. Well, it's just so everybody get everybody gets a shiny new toy. They, oh, yeah. they just they didn't need another shiny new toy, but everybody gets something. Yeah, with the uh, eight subclasses that are in the uh, player's handbook, it follows each school of magic, and when you take it, automatically you have the uh, time and gold it takes to transcribe those spells into your spell book. Then you get other features that will buff those spells. So it'll help you specialize. So let's say you want to be more of a defensive caster. 
you take the abjuration, you're getting all your shielding spells uh, being cast more effectively and they're cheaper for you to learn. Divination is the real winner in my opinion. Oh, divination. Really quick, we got a comment um, from Dennis um, asking if wizards can get non-arcane spells in their books. There is a couple of crossover spells that go between both lists, both the divine and the arcane, but they're – that being said, you have to, it has to be a wizard spell for you to copy it into your spell book. Yes. As of page 114. Yep. To be precise. But there is, yeah, there's no real arcane crossover or divine crossover, excuse me. Yeah. Continue, Nacho. And then, uh, yeah, so with divination, this is what makes it the most powerful. Uh, what's that feature called? Uh, is it portent? It's, uh, I believe it. Yeah, it's important unless you to roll two yeah. d20s and use them whenever you want. Also known as no dungeon master, this is what we're doing. Portent is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know what? There's a dragon here. I really don't want to screw this up. I rolled a nat twenty earlier. Yeah, I'm going to use this die roll. <laughs> yeah, or you know when that big critical comes rolling in. So let's explain portent by actually reading its rules because wizards, which are already remarkably powerful, have if you take divination, one of the strongest character abilities in the game at second level at second level, perhaps the strongest it's, it's a debate like action surge is up there. Pretty, you know, pretty quick high up there too. Cause just, too. you know, quick and spell is really good too, but damn, <laughs> you get to roll two D twenties at the beginning of, you know, so we all sit down to play our game. We Everybody breaks out their dice and their character sheets. And the wizard, if he's a divination school, gets to go, hang on really quick. Rolls two d20s. Writes those down. I will be using these. I will be two. using these later. And at any point, you can swap out a roll. That you or a creature you see can use. Yeah. I believe it's um, it's specifically only uh, attack rolls, saving throws, or ability tests. Which is basically Just about everything. Yeah, basically yeah. everything except for damage. Anything you need a D twenty four. Yeah, and that is just amazing. Yeah, and then once you need you that hit. you need that fighter to get that big hit in. You know, like you know that creature is close to death, and he, you know, everybody's facing death's doorstep. That just became a nat twenty if you rolled a nat twenty. I once had a wizard who would do this all the time, and he rolled a nat twenty and a one at the beginning of a session, and I was just like, well. I'll see you all next week. I don't even <laughs> want to deal with this shenanigan because I know anything that, you know. Anything big that happens is going to get messed up. Anything big that happens is just going to do what exactly what he wants to do. Yeah, he he then, is your DM now. I'm just here. Yeah, and then if two die isn't enough, once you hit 14th level, you get greater portent and you get to add a third D20. I mean, the, the meme is that divination wizards are incredibly powerful. And this is true before the vision. And they actually, the absolute madmen, they actually went ahead and did it. Like, <laughs> let's let's give a little bit of love though to everybody else. Uh, necromancy exists. It's, okay. it's yeah. there. It's fun. It doesn't get to summon a bunch of skeletons though, which is disappoint. But whatever. Um, I mean, you do get undead thralls. But the thing is that a wizard's actually a worse necromancer than a cleric is. So I know, right? Uh, transmutation's okay. I guess. Transmutation's okay. Evocation. Your fireballs won't hurt your friends, guys. That's probably for the best. Yeah. Uh, illusionist is also quite good. Illusionist ain't bad. Uh, who are we forgetting about? Enchantment. You Enchantment. can do conjuration, maybe. Yeah, conjuration. That's one we didn't. Enchantment's about. only really helpful if you have a DM who's a super stickler about how much your spells cost you. Yeah. Um. 
which like I've never cared about that because that means I have to spend a lot more time worrying about what the wizard is doing than I already want to do. We have enough bookkeeping. Yeah. That being said, it does let you um, rewrite their memories as you see fit. So Very true. Which is kind of horrible when you think about it. Why isn't this banned in like every country in Dungeons & Dragons? I don't know. But let's talk about why wizards are terrifying. Uh, oof, this is a long topic. Well, <laughs> it's a good thing we saved a half hour for this because I could talk a lot longer about that. Yeah. So wizards. Oh, boy. This is the edition they've been the most balanced in past fourth edition, and they are still quite strong. Yeah, wizards. So let's talk about, you know, first edition wizards, actually one of the weaker classes in the game. The thing is, Chris, is that that was a very lethal time, and wizards weren't powerful until about like ninth or tenth level. Yeah. Second edition, wizards kind of came into their own. You know, they they finally hit puberty. You know, they, they grew. Still getting shoved into lockers. By still getting fighters, shoved into lockers, but, you know, they could they, actually they got their letter to hogs. They got their letter to Hogwarts. Yeah, if you, if you want to do it like that. Um, and then third edition came. Oh, that was designed by Monty Cook, who I mentioned before. Monty Cook is an excellent writer. He creates flavorful and wonderful settings. But if he creates a game, you should probably just play whatever the wizard is because he loves wizards a lot. Wizards, um, there's no way for me to say this other than putting it plainly. Wizards made every other class except cleric and druid redundant. They just did every other class's job much better. Like a lot better. They, oh, you're a thief. You have to roll an 18 to unlock the slack. Or I could just plus, uh, cast knock and unlock every lock within 100 feet. You know, no fail. I could just cast detect traps and find every trap within 100 feet. No fail. I can fly. I can turn invisible. I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. And every single time a new book came out with more spells in it, they just got more powerful. Why? Because Why third edition loves wizards. Yes, it does. It's and called wizards caster love third edition. edition for a reason. So, but we're talking about the fifth edition wizard. We are. Fifth thankfully. edition wizard, his throne is still secure as the most powerful class in the game. I would argue Moon Druid is actually more powerful, but... Mm. Inside of very specific situations, yes, wizards are more powerful. At some point, we'll roll some up and we'll have him go head to head. Yeah. Um, well, but I was going to say, though, he is on the throne, but his throne, is, like, he, it isn't as high as it used to be. Yes. He doesn't look from the top and just stare down as his cleric and druid best friend hang out with him up up there. That's um, anime, he says, while flying around magically with his talking cat and turning everyone into his, into his friends. Yeah. <laughs> no, he uh, – everybody's a lot closer to the wizard, but the wizard is still – the most terrifying, and that is because spells. Anybody who's ever flipped through the player's handbook realizes that – There's like a like a hundred of these pages are spells. Yeah. Well, just in the base player's handbook, like if you just look at his cantrip list, it's actually longer than most – like pretty much anybody else's level list, like level spells list. Like I think Cleric has a couple – a uh, few longer. Maybe Paladins do too because Paladins actually get a lot of first level spells with all their smites. But like they just have a million cantrips. And, and then – They have a job – they have a thing for every job except for healing. But. An absolute ton of first level spells, an absolute ton of second level spells. And you get the idea. They have so many spells. And that is where they are dangerous. A lot of people just hear that wizards are a very powerful class. And then they look at their raw damage output and they go, oh, well, they're not that bad because as we've done on the show a couple of times, there are builds like for melee characters that you can make. That will put out um, eye-watering amounts of damage in a round. Yeah, that will do obscene amounts of damage. As we discussed earlier on the show, sorcerers with Quicken Spell and Twinning Spell can do 
an obscene amount of damage in a turn. Wizards don't seem to have that option. And so people just automatically go, well, wizard isn't that strong anymore. But their strength has never been in their casting magic as a damage output. There are many ways for a wizard to completely circumvent a fight. Like, oh, yeah, there's a bunch of orcs in this room. They're charging us across an open plain. I'm just going to cast fly and throw rocks at them until they fall down because they can't reach me. What's the what's the one? Oh, we're in a dungeon and uh, we just want to get to the center. Pass wall. Yeah. Oh, we don't know where the villain is. Uh, let me just cast scrying and then teleport. Ready your weapons, everybody. In a fight, they can, you know, so let's just let's go through some of these spells and just see how one of these spells can immediately like cloud kill. Cloud Kill is an absolutely terrifying spell that reshapes your battlefield because it's a massive AOE that just kind of sticks in place and, and just does murders people. Damage. It, if you're in an open plane, you can suddenly create a choke point where your enemies either have to run through the Cloud Kill or they have to run into the Barbarian. Neither of those, very those options. Neither of those sound fun. You know what sounds fun? Running away. It's great for the murder hobos. You... As a wizard, you have this ability to just, you know, so, you know, wall of fire, polymorph, um, true polymorph, true polymorph. That comes later. Um, you know, finger of death is a good murdery one, but reverse gravity, yeah. uh, fly, wall of ice, fly, haste, haste. Fang- hold person, hold person. Uh, it's they never run out of options. To mess with people. They're like Batman. If they have enough prep time, literally nothing can stand yeah. in their way. The the beauty of what makes a wizard so damn strong is they can just whatever – however they want to shape the battlefield, it is up to them. An effective wizard is not one who sits there and casts lightning bolt and fireball all damn day, although it's a lot of fun to it, do. It always. is a lot of fun to do that. Yeah, pick, rolling, rolling, a bunch of, rolling a bunch of dice for a fireball is always a blast. But – I mean – where there you could throw a dart at this and you'd find a spell that breaks the game somehow, right. or can stop. it just be used very effectively? I'm not even touching ninth level. Ninth levels, okay, oh, by the time you get touch to, those, well, yeah. by the time you get to ninth level spells, you should be winning the game in a single action. Anyway, I mean, so. yeah, no, you have wish at ninth level. Like that's all we need to say about that. Don't even look at any other spells. Although meteor swarm is like even better fireball. Yeah. Um, oh my god, I'm sorry. Yeah, clone. Uh, I'm having PTSD. Dominate monster. Control weather, just reading all these spells, they just do so much ridiculousness. You can oh, literally. Look, I dropped my hand randomly in the book and I found dominate person in case you found a social encounter too tricky. Oh, we're in a dungeon. It's too dangerous. Morton kinds my mansion. I think we've Safe said rest. enough. <laughs> Again, you could pick a spell at random here and it would probably be overpowered in some way. Uh, let's go third level. <laughs> Just drop your finger somewhere along here. Oh, you found major image. The uses of that spell are so large that I'm not even going to start. Hey, do you want to make an illusion that looks like a person? Because that's what major image does. Like, you can do so anything I think, you want. Yeah, I think the point has gotten across. Wizards can do whatever they damn well please. Their best role is that of a battlefield controller, right? If we're looking at this in a very or a objective toolbox. If we're looking at this in an objective form of that there is – the person who's great outside of combat in terms of discussing and talking with uh, NPCs and we're looking at, you know, guys who do damage, um, strikers, some are glass cannons, some are not, you know, like amongst a glass cannon kind of guy. And then we've got basically peep and we got tanks. And so what do we have beyond that other than damage dealers and tanks? 
and we could talk about healer being a thing, but I've read a very interesting article recently on how not like focusing on ways to not take damage is actually better than healing damage because uh, yeah, prevention's always better than a cure. Yeah. That being said, wizards shape the battlefield they walk on. They shape everything. It's very frustrating. And they are still, like I said, the it's it's gotten a little tighter. It's gotten a little little tighter up there. Oh, at no, the top, now but, only have ten nuclear weapons instead of a hundred. But wizards dominate the game still. And any as any DM knows, a wizard who is very competent is Runs the source a rough of, shot over your campaign. Yeah, is a source of many a headache. Yeah. But and final thoughts, guys, because we gotta we gotta get wrapping up here. Why are we still so tied to Vanakin magic? Almost everyone agrees that it's kind of clunky and outdated. I, I do think we should quickly cover what that is. Yeah, okay. So Vanakin magic or Vancian magic, I've heard people pronounce it both ways and, and correct me in the comments. I'm tomato sure tomato. Um is basically the works of Jack Vance. Wizards uh, had to memorize a spell by completing a series of mental exercises and forgot it when they cast it. So the thing is that we've held on to it for so long. It seems like every edition except for fourth has just sort of clung to it as a relic of the older editions when there's like one half-assed attempt at a spell point system in the Dungeon Master's Guide. But there's got to be better ways to do this, guys. Like Shadowrun has uh, fatigue and there's Legend of the Five Rings has you have to – get the kami to actually do what you want them to and so on and so forth. Yeah, I also really like Warhammer's uh, Psyker, the way Psykers work with their system. There's a lot of risk and reward to magic. You can do it, but oops, a demon might eat your soul. <laughs> yeah. Or literally just No, there is, there's a lot of danger to it, which I love. Um, I don't know. It still feels appropriate you know, in defense of the, because I wouldn't even say we're doing fancy and magic anymore. I'd say we're doing like fancy and light, you know, all of the all of the buildup and all the framework, but with none of the calories or spells magically popping out of your head because you used it for the day. Um, the framework just exists well in D and D is only is my only defense for it. But I guess it's just traditional. It is traditional. Yeah. It is it is how the game you know has been built to work. But I think that's a discussion for another day. Is if we were to you know hijack some magic systems from other settings and uh, sources and plop them into D and D, which ones would we like to see? Yeah. But let's uh let's take a step back here. What's your ultimate thought about wizard? Look, I'll go first. Okay. I am very frustrated with wizards continuing existence, which I understand is unfair. It's very unfair, and I'm sorry to people who like wizards because I know there's a lot of you, but I have very bad PTSD flashbacks to third edition. So that's very fair. Um my ultimate thought on wizard is this. It is out of every single class in the game, it is the most dependent on the player itself to be effective. Yes, it's probably the hardest class in the game, do you all admit? Yeah, because you have to have a very very good understanding of what every spell does or at least know what your spells can do at any given moment. Yeah. Um that being said though, it's it's like we said during our discussion a wizard played poorly, any DM can deal with that. A wizard be, who just loves to cast fireball, for example, sure, fireball is annoying, but it can be dealt with. A wizard who starts using abilities effectively and outside the box in ways that you weren't prepared for, it's like 
it's just like endless punches to you. The thing is, there's basically they no can, situation a wizard can't deal with. Yeah, there is nothing a wizard really can't deal with except for choking dust. And yes. Thank you, choking dust. The thing is, those only wizards can make anti-magic fields. Or can clerics make it too? I forget. Uh, no. But uh, that's not the point. Uh, just – I've said my piece. What do you think, Nacho? Well, what I think about wizards is it's similar to how the bard is your skill monkey. The wizard does that but with magic instead of actual skills. And usually circumvents them entirely. Yeah. So. But if you could think it, you could do it as a wizard. Yeah. All right, guys. So we've got about five minutes left here on our show for the day. Um, yep. So I, I've talked for longer than I thought. Well, you know, we had a lot to talk about. It's, wizard is a pretty hefty yeah, class to cover. Is. So um, the two youngest classes and the two oldest class, uh, the one oldest class. Let's talk about the future of our show here really quick, guys. So we have been doing this now for about this is our seventh episode um, coming this week. YouTube is going up. Finally, we've got all the videos. We've, we're getting everything edited and cleaned up a little bit as best we can for you. Um, we are also about to launch a Patreon so we can try to keep the show free for us to do. Keep the lights and, on. Yeah, keep the lights on. And we're going to talk about those options going forward. Uh, talking to everybody who's been tuning in, and we've actually been very lucky to have a pretty regular viewer base for how young our show is, which we're very thankful for. Well, thank you, guys. Special shout out to the Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition page because every week that we're on here, we get a bunch of new eyes on the show, and that's amazing for us. Um, we want to hear from you guys. Uh, like us on Facebook, share us on Facebook, all that stuff. Message us and talk to us about more what you want to see on the show. Um, as far as we know right now, our only plan for next week is to do a brief discussion on psionics in fifth edition. We also had some homebrew that unfortunately we didn't get to cover. And today, we've got a bunch. We got a pile of homebrew that we've been just waiting to get to, but we wanted to talk about all the classes and, you know, handle something simple for us before we can move forward. But, um, Big things that would help us out, you know, like our page, share our page, um, message us, please give us feedback. We have a Twitter, uh, at 3DMs pod on twitter.com, I believe. Um, send us an email, uh, 3DMs podcast at gmail.com. We are looking to grow this and we want to start making this go forward, but obviously we can't do that without knowing what you guys like and what you guys want to see. So we want to hear more feedback and we want to have more coming back from you guys. Um, on top of that, next week we are going to have a pretty good interview. I don't want to spoil it, but um, we're going to talk about uh, some pretty serious topics, uh, to basically going about gender and role-playing. Uh, so next week and a couple of following weeks are going to get a little heavy on topics, but we do want to hear from everybody about what you want us to do in the future because we ain't nothing without you. So, um, apart from that, I think we just need to thank our sponsors one more time for today. Oh, probably they probably the best. Yeah, which is uh, Watchtower Comics and Games. Guys, if you're ever in the southeastern Michigan area, please check out Watchtower Comics and Games. Stop in, buy some dice, buy some books, buy whatever whatever you want to, you know. Buy some miniatures. Buy some – They do have minis want. now, yeah. Do they? Huh. Yeah. yeah. I, I figured as much, but I didn't want to say. They got buy board games they, they got. have. <laughs> Um, or at least stop by their pages on Facebook. Give them a like. Um, kind enough to fund us doing the show. If you ever want to start your own radio show, check out Podcast Detroit. If you're ever in the southeastern Michigan area, you live in the southeastern Michigan area, you want to start your own radio show, check out Podcast Detroit. Super affordable. Really easy to get into. And Great studios. It's a load of fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, but for this week, guys, that was it for 
our spiel on classes. We're going to do a postmortem on classes next week. We've got a big interview coming up, and we want to hear more from you. So please reach out to us, comment on us. We try to get back to everybody who pays attention, and we're just very thankful. We got a lot of things coming out very soon, and we're looking to grow, and we want you to be there every step of the way with us. Yeah. So for 3DM's podcast, I'm Jake. I'm Paul. I'm Nacho. You don't belong here, Nacho. <laughs> Make me leave. I don't belong. Here. We'll upload the video of the fight later. Thanks for coming <laughs> in, guys. Roll well this week.